You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Here's a special edition for you. We're coming to you recording on a Saturday, which we usually don't do, but we have a special circumstance. We know what went down on Friday night, the second and third rounds of the 2021 NFL Draft. So, Excited to uh, break down the offensive skill picks and some other notable things that happened there for you on a crazy couple rounds there. Some teams certainly going after quarterbacks big time, as well as uh, guys across the board, wide receivers, tight ends, pretty prevalent here on day two of the draft. So we're going to break down all those picks for you. We'll do it over three segments. So we'll focus just on the offensive skill, guys. A lot of picks there between number 33 overall and number 105 overall. So we can't get to breaking down all of them on the show. Plus, we want to stick with the most relevant developments here. So also some good teams upgrading their offensive line throughout this draft. So that's good to see. The Jets uh, did a good job here. I think the Bears did as well. The Vikings, uh, some teams that really stood out there. But we're just going to look at the players there that we might think about in future fantasy football lineups, how they affect the guys around them right now in the situations, as well as their potential individual value going forward, both in the short term in 2021 as rookies and long term plans for what they can do for their team. So we'll get into that quickly here in a moment, but I do have to tell you today's episode is brought to you by Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC. Get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T just by texting DRAFT, that's the word DRAFT, D-R-A-F-T, to 231231. All right, let's get into it. The first skill pick was uh, not long wait here. It was the second pick in the second round. The Jets, a little bit of a surprise here that they were the ones who landed with this player. Elijah Moore of Old Miss, the dynamic slot receiver, he was tabbed a lot to the Titans in the first round. That pick did not go down. The Patriots also seemed to be interested in him in replacing Drew Landman. Instead, he goes to another team in the AFC East. So this is not probably good news for Jamison Crowder. They're pretty set on the outside. They went out and signed Corey Davis there. The former Titan had a pretty solid season playing off A.J. Brown. So there's that. So another Ole Miss player that uh, Davis is going to play with here. And Denzel Mims, they're excited about his big playability on the outside. So they're iffy on Jamison Crowder bringing him back. This new offense wanted a little bit more big playability out of the slot. They get that more as a dynamo here. Crowder can be pedestrian. We've seen his yards per catch dip below 10 yards there. And uh, he's been a red zone guy. But Ledger Moore is going to give you a lot more ability to stretch the field. Also can get in the open field and score. So maybe the touchdown potential drops a little bit from Crowder to Moore. But not necessarily the best situation for Moore in immediate value. He plays with the rookie quarterback now in Zach Wilson. Again, Corey Davis and is figures to be the go-to guy with Mims there as well. The tight ends are pretty deep again here for the Jets as Chris Herndon and Ryan Griffin are healthy here. They could also go after a tight end at some point in this draft. 
So we'll see how it goes. So Elijah Moore, he can't get too excited. I think he has nice potential in this offense to uh, help it. Uh, I think right now, again, Davis, I'm looking at as a potential wide receiver two, and Mims is wide receiver three. So I'm not uh, expecting a lot from Moore. I mean, if you looked at Crowder and his role with the rookie quarterback, it might have changed as a veteran security blanket. Now you have a fellow rookie out there. So, again, Moore is going to help those other two guys for sure. He's going to attract attention in the middle of the field. But good pick for the Jets. It continues to boost Zach Wilson's value, boost the other receivers. But individually, I think you're going to have to wait and see with Moore before he returns it. Not a guy I'm targeting here in fantasy football drafts. Unless we get indication that Wilson coming into the league fresh and Moore will really have the chemistry to think that he's going to be the go-to guy all over the field in the slot versus the big Davis on the outside and Mims' big playability as a second-year receiver. The next pick was a bit of a surprise. This team traded up to get him. It actually... Would have been a good pick for the team picking there, the Atlanta Falcons. But the Broncos go get Javonta Williams. They trade up to get him 35 overall. He's the running back from North Carolina that can be in full down back here. Very powerful between the tackles type guy. So this is not good news for Melvin Gordon. So interesting. They move on from Philip Lindsay, who goes there to the Texans. You got this type of back now in the Pat Shermer offense. He's going to have to split work with Melvin Gordon. Probably destroys the fantasy value what was left of Royce Freeman here. So Javonta Williams certainly can be the lead back. We'll see if Melvin Gordon is expendable. They did just invest some good money in Melvin Gordon, bringing him into the Shermer offense last offseason. So Gordon can't like this move. We don't love it because Williams doesn't have a clear path to touches here the way he would have with the Cardinals or Falcons and early downs and all that. He could have been even a feature back in those situations. But as long as Gordon's there, we can't be too hot on Williams. I, I think I could definitely see... Gordon has a strong injury history, eventually passing a torch from Williams, and they maybe move on from Gordon. But in the beginning, I think you have to look at the RB3 with a bullet here for Williams. You can't really look at him at RB2 yet. But again, if something happens with Gordon, then certainly you're going to think about him more as getting regular touches. But yeah, it's tough because Najee Harris for sure stepped into a really good situation to be an RB1. Not great situation for the second back off the board, Travis Etienne of Clemson, having to share touches with James Robinson. This is not great on the surface right now for Williams with Gordon still there and a big part of it. So probably not a good investment in Gordon anymore. It was fun for one season while it lasted there for him in Denver. But Javonta, a later pick on him as a wide receiver or a running back three, is a lot more appealing than going with Gordon early in this draft. The next skill position was another more named wide receiver. His name is Rondell Moore, this skilled kind of open field versatile cog there from Purdue. He ended up in a weird spot as well. He goes to the Arizona Cardinals and it's just a crowd, even with Larry Fitzgerald mulling over retirement and still hasn't completely made his decision. This would probably confirm that because they also signed AJ Green in free agency. They also have Christian Kirk and Andy Isabella who's a very similar receiver in skill set wise with the speed and quickness to Rondell Moore. So I know they have a lot of speed. They got Kyler Murray. They can uh, have a chessboard full of guys that they can move around, but there's only one ball there in Arizona. And again, they may be pivoting away from using tight ends, but this is still a very strong running team that we forget about. And I think they'll continue to be that way. Even with a chase Edmonds, they should eventually get it back there to help Kyler Murray in the running game. But Deandre Hopkins is a clear dominant target. Number one, Kirk came on as a flash play, but he wasn't very consistent in fantasy football. And then you have Green in the mix on the outside. A little change up from what Fitzgerald gave you as a big slot. They have some plans for Isabella. So where does Rondell Moore fit in? I think he's a 
part gadget player, part big play, occasional spread the field guy. They're going to move around. Cliff Kingsbury is going to use him as a jack of all trades. But all those type of players, unless Percy Harvin and he's like a consistent featured person as a runner and receiver, Rondo Moore can't uh, carve it out enough touches here to be relevant in fantasy football. I'm lukewarm on Rondo Moore. I don't think he can stay healthy and durable enough to really live up to his production all around as a very versatile player. And the Cardinals just simply too crowded here for any sort of trusted production there. The next pick here that uh, went down from offensive skill-wise was Pat Freemuth to the Steelers. Announced by another Penn State guy who played for the Steelers, Hall of Famer Franco Harris. So he announces this pick. So Vance McDonald moved on to retirement. Eric Ebron, we know, is not an inline tight end. He's simply a receiver. So Pat Freemuth gives you a really bulky, strong tight end. This is their best all-around tight end. Very Heath Miller-like pick for the Steelers. Yeah, remember Heath Miller? He had his moments uh, up and down as a receiver there. They used him as a receiver when they needed him. It is really tough here with Juju Smith-Schuster back, Deontay Johnson, and uh, Chase Claypool for Freemuth, the tight end, to have some impact. I think this probably squashes the value of Eric Ebron as a sleeper. Tight end, two with some upside. He was touchdown dependent anyway. Freemuth is a very good blocker, and they needed some help there in that capacity with McDonald leaving. Ebron is not very good. They're helping out the offensive line there. Freemuth is probably the best overall blocker in this class as well as a pretty gifted receiver uh, for different quarterbacks there at Penn State. So, yeah, Freemuth is a solid pick for the Steelers. Helps the running game, so good boost for Najee Moore. Good boost for Ben Roethlisberger in the red zone. Another security blanket here in the short to immediate routes. But Freemuth's stand-up value, we're going to have to wait to see what happens with Juju. If he's not gone behind beyond next year, then reshuffles the way the targets are looking, whether they dismiss Ebron. So a lot of things to sort out there, but I like the pick here on the surface, Freermuth, to the Steelers at 55 overall in the second round. 56 was also an offensive skill player. This one is a tough one, too. Dwayne Eskridge, he's pretty much a Tyler Lockett-type clone. Well, he went to Tyler Lockett's team, the Seahawks here, so that's not good because we know Deke, D.K. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are both wide receiver one borderlines. I mean, they both performed that way in different ways last year. So I don't know if this can fit a third receiver to be effective. I know they're changing their offenses going away from uh, the board, what they had with Brian Schottenheimer, open things up a little bit, maybe with more 11 personnel that Russell Wilson can trust. But in the heart of this team, it's still a running team. They want to get downhill. Chris Carson, Rashad Penny, maybe another back in this draft. They want to get grindy with these games still. So they'll open it up a little bit more for Wilson. But again, with Metcalf and Lockett's production being big time here, there's not a lot left. So maybe it cuts into those guys a little bit. But Eskridge is need going to battle to get on the field. He's a bit redundant in terms of what he can do with Lockett. So that doesn't necessarily help him here. If he was a kind of a smaller guy that uh, was a possession guy on the outside that could complement Metcalf, we'd like it. But... They're going to have to consistently use 11 personnel A and consistently throw a lot more of Wilson to make it happen. But Eskridge, I'm going to temper my expectations and table his value. Same thing for the next receiver who also went in the slot as a dynamic cog, very similar to Elijah Moore and Rondell Moore. It's 2-2 Atwell of Louisville. He went 57 overall to the Rams. And the Rams here, it's a tough situation. Uh, Again, we have three good receivers there. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson going into his second year. Promising receiver out of Florida. They moved on from Josh Reynolds, but 
basically they drafted Jefferson to help replace Brandon Cooks. I think Tutu has more of those Cooks qualities where he can be a runner and receiver in the open field. But again, crowd there for sure. New quarterback situation with Matthew Stafford. So good occasional big play throughout them. They're going to work in a cog that Sean McVay can get on the field in different ways. But in terms of standalone fantasy football value, doesn't have it. But he certainly is a presence that can help Woods as a gadget player and outside receiver and the occasion that he lines up in the slot as well as Cup get open there if they use him in different plays. But this says that they are really high in Van Jefferson being that third receiver on the outside with Cup in the slot and Woods on the other side. Finally, the last pick we'll break down in this first segment is the uh, Carolina Panthers pick. They took a, a wide receiver, but not the type of receiver I thought. They needed to replace Curtis Samuel in the slot. Robbie Anderson DJ Moore are pretty much outside receivers, and we saw that in Joe Brady's offense. Sam Darnold needed that slot. I mean, the slot has been the biggest thing he's done. Speaking of Jamison Crowder, maybe he can go there at this point. But Terrence Marshall Jr., LSU has some injury, durability issues. I think he's a bit redundant with Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore with their big play stretching ability, so it's going to be hard for him to get on the field because Anderson and Moore don't really play the slot. So Marshall could adjust the way Justin Jefferson did and step in there. I mean, Jefferson actually transitioned from slot to outside, so Marshall maybe can do the reverse here, but not thrilled with this pick. Size, speed type guy. Anderson can do a lot of things he can, so can more, both at a higher level with veteran establishment here. It is a kind of reset, but Darnold does have a good chemistry with Anderson, so you think he would be the number one. More is just too good not to be any lower than number two, so Marshall may be more developmental than we think, and it might even hurt more if the uh, Panthers have to go in a different direction at a dedicated true slot receiver. So look for them to potentially add Crowder if the Jets move on with that Elijah Moore pick. All right, there you have it. There's the uh, skill position picks there that were non-quarterbacks in the second round. We did have a quarterback to end the second round, and more on that in a moment, and two right off the bat early in the third round. So that will be our breakdown in our next segment. But I do have to tell you that uh, this episode of Lockdown Fantasy Football is also brought to you by Blue Nile and 1010, specifically a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into your life. Using only diamonds, responsibly sourced from Botswana. 10 female design masters of each producing an equally beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into our life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search for words 10 by 10 This collection features high-quality fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced so you can give her something truly meaningful. Just check out uh, all these designers. Uh, you'll find a conversation piece that you'll find is unique and cool. Michelle Fantasi is one of the great designers there working. So a good group of women bringing you great rings that you can give to the women in your life. If you're on the hunt for the perfect unique ring, She'll treasure forever. You're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long. And so find them now here by searching the words 10, 10, 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Hey, fantasy football fans, also listen up about Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T, text draft to 231231. This unique Man-boosting formula is powered by testophen, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels, increase energy, and lean muscle mass. Plus, text now, they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back in shape. Absolutely free. Text DRAFT, that's D-R-A-F-T, to 231231. That's DRAFT, 231231. Message and data rates may apply. 
Eugenics told T is a great way to increase lean muscle and feel stronger with more energy and endurance. And like the TV ad said, she'll like it too. So check it out. Eugenics doesn't get any easier than this. Uh, text draft to 231231. All right. Let's continue the show. And we talked about three quarterbacks here going. Uh, the first was Kyle Trask of Florida. I really liked him potentially going to the Washington football team. Instead, they went in a slightly di- different direction there uh, that we saw. So... What uh, was Washington? They got a wide receiver later. More on that. But the Bucks end up with Kyle Trask behind Tom Brady. So obviously no fantasy football until we get indication that Tom Brady is going to hang it up. We know he's on a two-year deal, so it looks like at least a two-year developmental window for, window for Trask. And so maybe after that, they think about him as the replacement. But Brady is going to play as long as he can at a high level, and he did so last year with all the receivers they have. So we got a table Trask, but it's an interesting situation. We know Jimmy Garoppolo. Behind Brady in New England eventually had value. So we're definitely looking forward to what Trask can do. Learning from the GOAT there. It's a very good offensive system with Byron Leftwich and Bruce Arians. They have great receivers all around. Uh, Antonio Brown may not be there for the long haul by the time Trask plays. But you do have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. They're still uh, here plugging along and are headed to their prime. you got all kinds of uh, tight end help right now with uh, Rob Gronkowski. We'll see how long he plays. O.J. Howard and to Cameron Bray. So a very good situation for quarterback to develop. Pretty good offensive line as well. Good running game, good coaches, and the greatest of all time as your mentor there in front of you. So Brady will be, you know, the way he is. He's going to be competitive. He's going to help Trask all he wants, but he's not going to necessarily help him expedite, take his job away. But if there's a little bit of a transition plan in place where Brady thinks it's two years and I'm done finally, then we're going to think that. But two or three years down the line, they can certainly look at Trask good value in the second round and it, you give a three-year contract so you can examine uh, Trask there to see if he can succeed Tom Brady so I don't think that's going to come any earlier than uh, right now 2023 for Kyle Trask the next pick there well really two picks later as we got into the second pick in the third round Kellen Mond went to the Vikings this is an interesting development I actually gave them Jamie Newman of Georgia in my final mock draft well Here's why. They need a developmental dual threat quarterback. Kirk Cousins is about to turn 33. The contract outs were not there here that were favorable for the Vikings to save some cap money here in 2021. But 2022, they can deal him, get a $35 million cap relief there with limited uh, cap hit and dead money. So that's why they went after a stash QB here. Again, you don't have to pay a lot for these uh, non-first-round quarterbacks, especially when you get in the third round. It's very calculated to wait there so Mon can develop. Very experienced starter, can make the throws. He needed to kind of clean up his mechanics, technique, footwork, all those little things. Could develop a little bit better arm strength to be trusted, but it's a great offensive system here. Running game base, Dom Cook, the zone blocking, good receivers, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. So a lot of good things for Kellen to develop, and they, of course, invest in their offensive line here with uh, Christian Darisaw helping to take over left tackle. Also got uh, a option there, Wyatt Davis later in the draft to uh, help uh, – Left guard, so good position all-around all offensive line system. Good quarterback in front of him to help. Kirk Cousins, I don't know if he's going to be Mr. Mentor and friendly in that sense, but Kalamond in a good landing spot to potentially start for the Vikings down the line as early as 2022. So we'll keep an eye on him because dual threats, again, high floors in fantasy football. The next pick was the quarterback pick that shook up the draft. Shockingly, we had five first-rounders. And yeah, there were some things that happened, but we knew Trevor Lawrence was going to the Jaguars, we knew Zach Wilson was going to the Jets. We knew it was Trey Lance or Mac Jones, the 49ers, and the 
Patriots would land either Mac Jones or Justin Fields, and some trade would, team would trade up for Justin Fields. All those things happened, the Bears landing Fields here. But this pick, the shockwaves were felt there on Friday night. Davis Mills, who had injury issues at Stanford but can make all the throws, physically good frame here as a pocket passer. He was drafted by the Houston Texans and third-round pick. This was their first pick in the draft, by the way. So essentially this is their first chance to get a pick. They go after Davis Mills. So Davis Mills, some people had him as a first-rounder on their boards. I think he was more a late-round pick. So I don't love the pick here. You had Tyrod Taylor as your bridge quarterback slash contingency here for Deshaun Watson if things go south with him off the field and the trade and they can't repair things and all that. So this probably is not a good indication that Deshaun Watson is in a comfortable situation at all on or off the field with the Texans. So, yeah. So this kind of says it's over. And Watson, we're going to watch, see if he gets moved here at some point. And uh, it might be an exemplist, all kinds of question marks there. But it looks like the Texans, between Taylor and now adding Mills to develop looks ready to uh, move on here from one uh, Deshaun Watson. So, yeah, the writing's on the wall there. So I don't really love Mills. I love Mond and Trask a lot more to get on the field and be effective. So Mond maybe 2022, Trask in 2023. I'm not sure Mills can get on the field at any point. I mean, there's a lot of issues, including the durability. So just taking a chance again, and it'd be really bad for them to go for one circumstance or another, to Deshaun Watson. There had a great solution, it looked like. Then all these things went down. Tyra Taylor's going to have to play the bridge, and Mills is a disappointing future promising quarterback. All right, so there's a look. We had to focus that entire segment there on the quarterbacks. It just had to happen with uh, things that were going on. And Davis Mills, again, the shocker there that uh, shook things up, certainly, all over the board on day two. We still have to talk about uh, nine picks and... Offensive skill-wise, in the third round that went down, we'll do that. But I do have to remind you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar ever. The improved Built Bar is even deliciouser. With six new flavors, including uh, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. That goes along with their uh, 12 original flavors, coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange toffee almond, coconut, and peanut butter brownie. All the bars you get from Built, Built Bar are covered in 100% chocolate. They are... All soft and easy chew. Bit Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or gal. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in delicious treat, a protein bar that tastes like a dessert. All the bars you get from Bilt Bar, low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for anyone in keto diet. Just take the flavor profile of their classic peanut butter bar, 19 grams protein. That's packed with protein. Only 180 calories, 5 grams sugar, 5 grams net carbs. Go to BiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D, all caps. The number's 1-5, and you'll get 15% off for your next order. Again, use the promo code LOCK15. For 15% off discount at BuiltBar.com. We'll be right back here to wrap up the special Saturday uh, post-second and third round edition of Lockdown Fantasy Football with a look at nine more offensive skill players that went to close day two. All right, so after we got through that little quarterback run, uh, we went back to uh, wide receivers and tight ends mostly, but also running back of note was taken here in this run. I didn't love this pick. That was number 77 overall to the Los Angeles Chargers, Josh Palmer, uh, wide receiver of Tennessee. Good size, but not a lot of speed. He's not a size-speed prospect, more of a possession guy. They already have a dominant possession guy in Keenan Allen. Mike Williams, a big guy who can go get passes deep, so... 
I don't understand it. He's like a tweener between Allen and Williams, has some of their qualities each, but not a lot of field stretching, big playability there for Justin Herbert, who was aggressive when after big plays. Maybe they're happy with Jalen Guyton and uh, Taron Johnson and their other receivers that they have, but Palmer doesn't do much to me. He's a developmental possession guy. I don't think they needed that type of receiver. That was not the game, so maybe they transition more to 11 personnel, get away from tight ends, but more of the Chargers tight end situation. I don't think they're going to go that way because they did draft a tight end before it was done here on round three. So we'll talk about that, but it wasn't thrilled about this th- pick. I'm taking Palmer off any uh, fantasy football consideration here for a long time unless I see otherwise developed in this game like uh, Mike Williams potentially leaving the Chargers, and that would change things, of course. If Palmer might have number two receiver potential there for Herbert. The next pick wasn't so great here from a fantasy football perspective. We thought Hunter Long might end up with the Vikings, helper of Smith. No, he ends up with the Dolphins here, number 81 overall from Boston College. Now complimenting Mike Gusecki there. So you got two different tight ends. They can use the 12 personnel, 11 personnel, have some vert- versatility with Jalen Waddell, Preston Williams, and Devontae Parker, but they also have some uh, versatility here with Gasecki and Long. Long is a great natural receiver, pretty solid blocker, good all-around tight end, but need a little bit of help. They had uh, Durham Smythe and Adam Shaheen there, so not a good situation for either of those two guys here, but uh, I don't think he cuts too much into Gasecki's value. A little bit is certainly going to happen there, so Gasecki not so hot as a tight end one. He came on strong a little late last season, but I just don't see it here with Long being effective, bad situation as long as Gusecki is there. Maybe if Gusecki has gone, Long might be an option. Number 82, Diami Brown, just an occasional deep threat from North Carolina. He went to a guy that used to coach in Carolina, Ron Rivera and Scott Turner, but they already have Terry McLaurin, and they added Curtis Samuel for the slot. So Diami Brown, occasional big play field stretcher there on the outside, but we figure McLaurin and Curtis Samuel and... Uh, Logan Thomas from tight end and Antonio Gibson from the backfield are going to dominate target. So not much to see here. Diami Brown, very dynamic, like his first name might suggest, but again, not one with anyone kind of consistency. So more of a flashy receiver. We'll see a consistent big play presence here with McLaurin and Samuel. The next pick was uh, Tommy Tremble, 83 overall, so three straight offensive skill picks. The tight end from Notre Dame. They did add Dan Arnold to pair with Sam Darnold. Moving on from Ian Thomas, it's probably not good news for him that they have Tremble and Arnold now for uh, Joe Brady in this offense. So Tremble certainly can be a key factor. I think they need to get the tight end more involved, but this is a much better pick, I think, for the Panthers. This is the best pick, arguably, in the entire draft. Better than Marshall by far. So, Tremble, natural receiver. I think he can be a dominant player in that position. We'd like to see Tremble emerge as that third target behind Anderson Moore for fantasy football purposes. I like Notre Dame and their tight end U. They got Cole Komet ready to break out there for the Chicago Bears. You've had uh, some other guys uh, produce well in this league. Kyle Rudolph. Uh, so, tight ends from Notre Dame typically have had a good life in the NFL. So Tremble can wait, can't wait to see what he can do here. I want to see an expanded role, but Dan Arnold's presence makes you cool off a little bit. We have to also see where Sam Darnold and the chemistry goes at tight end and wide receiver to feel about uh, Tremble and Marshall. Skip a pick, 85, also a wide receiver, but this time a Rodgers, and it went to the Packers. So they have Aaron Rodgers, they drafted Amari Rodgers from uh, Clemson, he was one of the key receivers there for Trevor Lawrence, so another Clemson player goes offensive skill-wise 
You know, Travis Etienne went there to the Jaguars with Lawrence. Well, this is a good pickup here for Green Bay. They need a dynamic slot player, make some big plays, compliment to what Devontae Adams does on the outside. They have great size at this position with uh, Alan Lazard and uh, also uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, but they need a little bit more of that diminutive dashing, big playability, get a guy in open field, can get open as a possession receiver, but also has some juices runner, some gadgetry plays here for... Uh, Matt LaFleur, so love the pick of Amari Rodgers. So things started to turn here for Rodgers with some help. They got him a starting center as well as Josh Myers of Ohio State to replace Corey Lindsley of Ohio State at center. So got him a center, got him a nice little slot receiver that can make some big plays as well. So good stuff all around for the Packers here as they kind of rebounded and helped Rodgers a little bit more with another Rodgers, coincidentally enough. Number 88 was a running back, Trey Sermon, formerly of Oklahoma, went to Ohio State, had a big run in the college football uh, kind of postseason there with the Big Ten title game and in the playoffs with uh, some injuries there, Master Teague and others. So Trey Sermon looked really good. He's a big, fluid back. They needed that type of back. Remember, the 49ers moved on from Tevin Coleman. They have Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson. They like them in their system, and they've been very productive, but they've also had some injury issues. So... Sermon gives them a little bit more durability. He's not anything particularly special, but he's a system runner, and this system is superior. So he fits exactly what they want. Outside zone blocking team can uh, read blocks or reel off long runs. Good size, good strength. I like this pick a lot. So we're going to watch Trey Sermon. Certainly, as Mostert and Wilson couldn't stay healthy, 49ers running game. If you can get key touches this one, it's a ticket to automatic fantasy football stardom. We've seen that with Mostert and Wilson and other players. It's offense. They also have Jermichael Hasty hanging around, but I think Sermon is a nice uh, replacement there. He can be the new version of Tevin Coleman from the earlier days with the Falcons with Kyle Shannon. So, love Sermon pick. We're going to watch this pick very carefully because, again, we know Mostert and uh, Wilson are hard to stay healthy, and he could just have a big role here sooner rather than later. The next pick, the Texans got a big possession receiver than they had. 6'4 frame of Nico Collins of Michigan. They have some diminutive dashers led by Brandon Cooks, their number one receiver for whoever their quarterback is going to be between Taylor and uh, Mills and Watson and all that. But they need a bigger presence, possession guy who can go up and get it on the outside. So maybe have force in the red zone. So we'll see Nico Collins as a work in progress for right now. The Texans depth chart reads Cooks, uh, Randall Cobb, and Kiki QT. But Collins can get on the field here and uh, make some noise as a bigger receiver. But a lot of development needs to be there and a new coaching regime offense and quarterback. We have to see everything up plays out there before we think about this pick at all. Then you have uh, the next pick was a uh, number 91 for another wide receiver, different type of wide receiver, Anthony Schwartz there of Auburn. He goes to the Browns. Now Browns are pretty loaded wide receiver. Voda Beckham Jr. Stays and he's happy there. You have Jarvis Landry in the slot. You got Donovan Peoples Jones. They like, they got Richard Higgins back in the mix. So, uh, yeah, so Schwartz is a speed demon. They're going to try to get him on the field in different ways, make some big plays, stretch the field a little bit better with Baker Mayfield, play off their strong running game, play off their other talented receivers, open things up from the short to intermediate game to go a little bit more downfield. So Schwartz more of a big play threat. Can't see a lot there, much like Naomi Brown added to the Washington football team. So not a bad pick to give Browns a little bit more big playability, but nothing to see here to boost Baker Mayfield all that much or individual value or help to the wide receivers. Finally, the last pick that was uh, offensive skill-wise here, the Chargers went with their tight end to try to replace Hunter Henry. It was Trey McKitty of Georgia, but this guy's an inline blocker. He's not going to give you much receiving juice here, so 
maybe it does play out where Josh Palmer sees a bigger role. I just don't buy into the Chargers too much. I think they could be dominated by Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. So pretty good draft for Mike Williams. That no one's really tried to displace him. They lost Hunter Henry, so Williams has to be a key target. Those are young receivers again. As I mentioned, Guyton and Johnson could be factors. Austin Eckler is going to be a big factor in the passing game, coming back fully healthy as well. So maybe don't need a big uh, receiving presence here. They did uh, go out and get Jared Cook. So McKitty is more of a blocking complement here to Cook, while Cook will be the receiver. So and Cook might have some value there in tight end, replacing Henry Moore in a regular role, while McKitty, again, should have been a later round pick as a more pure inline blocker. So there you have it. There's a look at your second and third round picks in the uh, 20-21 NFL Draft from a fantasy football perspective, all the offensive skills. So a little special edition. We had to just come. We are too excited here, so we had to give you an extra episode here on Saturday. And uh, thanks to Eugenics again for sponsoring this extra episode for you on uh, Locked On Fantasy Football. And uh, on Monday, we'll start looking at the draft as a whole. So anything we missed there. In the later rounds, uh, rounds four through seven that go down here on Saturday. So we'll see if there's anything of impact of note. Uh, we'll run down some of those offensive skill picks in there and uh, kind of look at some teams as a whole based on uh, their earlier picks as well. So we'll do that. Then we'll start looking a little bit early at the rookie of the year odds there. Once we have all the rookies in place here and on their teams, uh, we'll start doing that with a little bit of a bridge show. Then we'll start examining the rankings there for rookies overall. So we'll see some of that. The consensus rankings will start to uh, develop here and we'll examine those here for you with rookie rankings. So that's what's ahead in the next three shows. Again, rounds four through seven and additional draft analysis there are look at, uh, again, skill player kind of rankings there at some point uh, for offensive rookie of the year and also a little bit of defensive rookie of the year. And then we'll turn our attention there again to the earliest, very earliest of the rookie rankings for 2021 and also have some dynasty considerations there for you. For Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great rest of your weekend and see you on Monday with more NFL Draft Talk.